Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It is Niall and Andrea here and we are joined for a very special episode this week by f- five judges, five judges of the Choice Music Prize previous years. And we are going to be discussing the shortlist, uh, which is being announced this week on Thursday, uh, March 4th. The Choice Music Prize is the annual music prize awarded to a album from Ireland. Um, it comes from the short list of 10 albums, and we're going to run down those shortly. First of all, I want to introduce everybody on the call, so say a quick hello to everybody. Andrea, as co-host, I'll, I'll come to you first. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited. Claire and I were saying before the before we started that uh, The Choice was the last night out that we both had last year, so it's really surreal that it's come around to a year since. Yeah. And this is why we're doing it, because this year, obviously, none of us have been to a gigs in nearly a year or maybe just about over a year. Yeah. Um, and that means that we don't get the opportunity to meet each other at the choice, have a chat about music and do those kind of things that we normally would not likely do. And in this year, the choice has actually been broadcast on uh, 2FM during the daytime. So even that is a hard thing to uh, justify taking a Taking an afternoon off and uh, there's no event really. Uh, yeah, Una says uh, thumbs down. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, Una, it's, how are you doing? This is Una Mullally from the Irish Times and United Ireland podcast. How are you? I'm ready. She's ready to go. I love that. Okay, and then below we've got, in, in my Brady Bunch uh, squares here, I've got Ona Sullivan of the Point of Everything podcast. I believe this is our first time hosting you on the podcast, I believe. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks thanks for having me. I just hope my takes are hot enough. Keep them true unto yourself. That's all we want. And we also have Claire Beck from Today FM and a DJ looking forward to getting back in the clubs sometime soon. Oh, hell yeah. I cannot wait. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is like a night out. And my last night out was The Choice 
with Andrea last year. So cheers to a year of being in our gaffs. Cheers. I'm not <laughs> cheersing that. <laughs> yeah. Refuse um, to cheers I do that. have a point of Guinness for that purpose, though. <laughs> okay, so we are going to run through the 10 albums very briefly, um, just to give you an overview of everyone. And then we will start uh, alphabetically with Bitch Falcon is the first album on the list. And the album is called Staring at Clocks. It is the debut album from the grunge rock trio and very much an album that we've been waiting for a while from the band. Uh, we have Denise Chyla with Go Bravely on Narrow Lane. Black James Bond on Shaw. Spice Box Taxi by The Central on Shaw. Sailor Moon remixed by Fela. Say moi, I am not a queen, I'm a pharaoh. Call CNN, NBC, Sky News, someone call the BBC. Everything's feeling CCTV, but don't watch, I'll give you some to see. Keep you the first mixtape release from the Limerick rapper and spoken word artist. Fontaine's DC, A Hero's Death on Partizan. Get stuck in the past. Say your favourite things at mass. Tell your mother that you love her. I go out of your way for others. Sit beneath the light that suits you. I look forward to a brighter future. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Quickly following up their debut album, Dog Roll. Fontaine's DC's second album, A Hero's Death. JLOL 2020 Division. Remember telling the veteran if he ever went pro. When we were ready to get revenge when the parent went broke. Yeah, that's the place we love, but where's the safety hub? Cause sometimes you know it really gets like WrestleMania. Although grip and intellect is what the wrestles mainly are. Then we give an indirect response for when the parents lost. Although maybe y'all, maybe God, me an alien. But my Brady Bunch gave me hard, made me rainy on. And they made me strong, made me calm, made me straight beyond. All the places gone on the run, but I made it home. Have you ever felt love that is overwhelming? Have you ever gone to a place and you know you're welcome? That's home. Ever talk back and hold your helmet? The debut album from the Kildare rapper came a year after the artist was the forefront of the Irish Black Lives Matter protests. We've got Roisin Murphy, Roisin Machine. fifth album uh, which has roots back to 2011 with 10 songs made with producer crooked man aka dj parrot we've got nilo all the leaves are falling and i don't want to fight with you i take a plane right through the sky if i meant to spend the night with you if that'd be all right with you hey when i look into your eyes i see universe is lighting up and that's enough to lighten my load i follow all the Uh, 
Clancilla, a hardcore singer turned rapper on his album about leaving home and coming back again. We've got Pillow Queens in waiting. on their own label the first album from the Dublin based four piece indie rock band we have Alvaredi personal history Dublin singer songwriter already is a record that reflects on relationships coming out and the mental health that glues it all together. From Galway, we have Neve Regan with Hemet on the Blackgate label. songwriter which who came good with an album exploring matters of the heart growing up family and friendship after that we have our final album on the 10 is from silverbacks with fat my wife clipped me she clipped me good i heard my soul in manhood swinging arms obedient commuters on the tarmac beaches by dunkirk swinging arms frustrated commuters bashing suits in Dublin band who make Indian art rock deliver with a rhinus and a nod to their elders in post-punk new wave and slacker rock okay so on the choice this year there are eight debut albums and there are more female than male artists for the first time ever so I guess this is pretty representative of what's going on in Irish music right now as the choice always is but in particular it's a very indie list that it normally is perhaps there's no major label releases on there there's no trad or anything like that there's more there's a lot of indie and rock and hip-hop here so we're going to start with the probably the biggest genre on on the list is kind of the indie and rock section so una gonna ask you about the fontaine's dc album uh, a hero's death their second album certainly for me a better record than their debut a dog roll it is one that is you know, it's it's contrasting than their first one. What is your what are your feelings on this? Well, I like I really like both of the records. When I first listened to this, 
Um, I think I found it a little bit thin um, and that it was, a, you had to kind of search a bit more. It initially feels that a lot of the melodies and, and hooks and stuff like that, and even the structures of the song feel a teeny bit monotonous but then it just kind of reveals and reveals itself I think I really like how they didn't um do that thing that sometimes happens if you are a band who's been touring relentlessly on a debut album and that debut album is very much rooted in place you know it's very specific to you know a moment but a moment in a place and that album was so Dublin-y that you kind of sometimes can get into a situation where there might be a bit panic or a feeling that you have to like go back there. You have to be anchored in a particular place to kind of recreate an, an artificial almost life. That's not the road. And I really like how they didn't do that, that they kind of lean into this unmoored feeling. It, it's very much like exists kind of in the space between and I, th- I think that's brave and I think that it succeeds and I think that they're you know it's a very layered record very subtle record and yeah I think I, I really enjoy how they bashed it out as well you know almost preempting any kind of block and just running through the wall and getting getting an album out quickly when you become a big band that's not necessarily an easy thing to do uh, even from like a, a, you know, an album cycle or whatever you want to call it, structure. So I think that's, that's pretty, that's, that was a good thing to do. I think it was a good decision. Yeah, it was an interesting way in which, you know, I think maybe they wouldn't have known this, but the way that the album actually does chime with the kind of life we're living now, this kind of uh, liminal space that we're in between things, we're not quite sure where we're at and the album does kind of fit that mold because it's not mm. it doesn't have that the immediacy of doggle it is a lot of mood in there there's a lot of atmosphere in there and that's the thing that gets me when i listen back to it more than uh, anything else is the it's almost like this mantric kind of delivery that you know you're kind of getting stuck in these moments that are kind of repeating themselves a bit musically and uh, lyrically as well with green chatton's vocals some of the giddy adolescence of the first album is certainly not there. There's a bit of a heaviness to it now. And for me, though, that means it's a more nuanced, probably less like monochrome kind of band. Now they sound like a bit, they sound more accomplished anyway. They're, they're putting these across more in a, in a more um, melodic and varied fashion. I think there's are some small negatives. There. There's a couple of songs that don't stand up to, the uh the rest of them and uh, the living in america one is one that i just can't really get behind much because it just seems a bit too trite but overall i think for me the album is a mood mm. i think it's like a hard thing to do to make something that is quite limbo-y actually also feel solid like it, it doesn't feel like they're uncertain you know it kind of feels like they're searching for things so it doesn't have that thing where you don't really know what you're doing. So you kind of make it a bit nowhere. It doesn't have that, even though it has this very uh, limbo 
type vibe. Yeah, it will be interesting to see when it, when live gigs do come back, what it will be like to hear these live songs live, or will they be beefed up in some way? But that's for a different day. Well, there's a good few guitar albums on this uh, list this year, but uh, our second one we're going to talk about is from Silverbacks, and it's called Fad. They are a Kildare and Dublin band who make Indian art rock music, uh, very much wry, slacker, kind of inspired by Pavement. Owen, I know you're a fan of the band. Can you tell me what you think of this record? I think it's a brilliant album. I, th- I think it's uh, one of the best rock albums on the list. I think it's better than Fontaine's album as well. I think that they've done their own thing and they do their own thing really, really well. Um, it's very Pavement-esque. It's very wry. It's very funny. They've got one of the best songs on the whole shortlist in Just in the Band, which is the, the song that really announced them to me. I thought that they were one thing before I heard this song. And then I heard that track and it's just like, it's just a full, I think they're, is, are, are they a five piece or a six piece? And five it, piece, yeah. And it just feels like that. It feels like every every member of that band is uh, playing at the absolute peak of their powers on that track. But then you've also got the likes of Dunkirk, which is just a really, really great opening track and they've just got hit after hit i think um it's a really varied album and it does all that in 13 tracks just over 35 minutes they pack it in and uh i I just think it's an absolutely brilliant album um i was i guess i was surprised to see it on the list just because maybe it hasn't reached as many ears as i thought but obviously it's made the right connections critically at least because there's brilliant tracks throughout uh that album so i'm delighted to see it on the shortlist I'm surprised to hear you say you like it more than Fontaine's album because I know you're a Fontaine's fan. Yeah, um, the Fontaine's record just didn't really do it for me, to be honest. Um, I, I was really disappointed by it. I really like the the big immediate hits uh, that you get off Doggrill, and I feel that that's missing on A Hero's Death. And like yeah. that's what I like about Fad. It's just, you know, as soon as maybe your attention just uh, drifts a little, you've got a Club Zilberbracken, which uh, just drags you back in. You've got a Muted Gold. You've gotten Up the Nurses. I think this track is that. Yeah, the contrast there with Emma Hanlon coming in and doing vocals as well is is a really nice touch on the album as a certainly a, an icebreaker but also just i think they're two of the strongest songs up the nurses andre you also were a fan of the silverbacks album it was new to you when we interview, we did it on the podcast um last year yeah i uh like owen i was really surprised to see it on the list because i just didn't uh i was really really excited about this album when it came out and i guess I didn't get the same sense of buzz around it um, as I was kind of hoping for. I kind of thought when I first heard this that this would be like a big big relief but it was for me and it was for the for the judges so that's good. Yeah I mean just kind of e- echoing what Owen said like it, it is banger after banger. Up the Nurse is brilliant like it, it just it just sort of it, it captures a kind of a mood and a and a time in kind of where we are in Ireland socially and politically but it does it in that kind of really wry, humorous Irish way. A lot of albums on this list here are looking at Ireland through a, a kind of a, a critical lens. And I think this is probably the the more humorous side of that. Um, and I think there's definitely space for that on on a list like this. And yeah, it's just bangers, great bands. When, when they sound full, they sound really, really full. And yeah, I really want to see them live. They've well, I'm going to stick with you, Andrea, it's... for the next choice because sure. it, is another, it is another one that we discuss on the podcast and I think we... Uh, champion this record this is from the Galway singer-songwriter Neve Regan the album's oh, called Neve. Hemet so tell me a bit about this I know you know I love this album as well 
What can you and I say about Hemet that we haven't said before? I think we went about three or four weeks on the podcast where we at least mentioned it once, just completely gushing about it. Yeah, like it's no secret that I I think this is this is really up there for me. Um, actually, along with two others on the list. Um, and I think that it's it's an album that is so kind of for me. What struck me was how mature it is, and then you kind of. Like we we met Neve and we we interviewed her. I was like, oh, you're like my age. I thought you like she kind of just like her lyrics strike you as her being this kind of wise sage who you could like go to for advice and and kind of hang all of your hopes and dreams on. And I think that she she kind of has this like Re- Regina Spector, Lisa Hannigan, Laura Marlings. She's she's kind of somewhere within that ilk, but it's like it's still completely her own sound that she has. Yeah, it's from lived experience as well. So you really feel that yeah. uh, real world uh, experience coming through and the uh, what she's lived through comes through. Like very yeah. specific details about, you know, you know, touching on matters of the heart and, and like growing up and growing older and like getting the idea of, you know, losing a parent and then thinking about becoming a parent as well is in there, you know, really interesting topics, I think, as well. Yeah. And and for me, I think that what what really is so striking about this album is how how poetic it is. And I mean that in terms of how stark and um how neatly rendered the imagery she uses is like she'll she'll kind of take something really specific like a coffee with an ex-boyfriend or an ex-partner um or like the memory of a voice or a bird flying in in the sky in like the gray sky and she'll just kind of let that that lyric and that moment hang there and you you're kind of suspended in that space with it it's an album that really takes its time and it's it is it's kind of like reading a, a series of poems rather than kind of reading a, a an overarching kind of like a novel or a short novel or, or a short story or something like that it's it's incredibly poetic and Neve is is such a humble person that like when you tell her you're a fan of her music she's nearly like burying her head in her hands which is also very poet-like of her as well I think but um yeah I I absolutely adore this record this is one I've gone back to an awful lot it's it's been nice to have it in this year when I'm I'm really I'm trying not to like listen to music that like is sad but this is music that kind of just slows things down for me a bit and I find it quite meditative and it helps me breathe a bit and kind of notice it's kind of re- realize that you can take a small mo- I, I, th- I think they call that mindfulness actually when you when you just kind of you have a little small moment and you just stay in it for a little bit more time and I think this album kind of replicates that feeling just beautifully. Razzy there with the Hemnet review. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I would uh, yeah that's it go, just go for a walk everyone and listen to Neve Regan you'd be grand <laughs> oh I just wanted to say thank you so much to Niall and Andrea for introducing ah. me to this record because now over hey. here my choice wall of fame absolutely love it missed it heard you guys talking about it had a listen yeah. oh, that I makes was really so delighted happy. to see this on the list this year I really intro. didn't expect this one in particular but really nice you know to see something that you champion appear on it uh, oh and I believe you were uh, interviewed Neve on your podcast as well 
Yeah, I did. Um, I really like this album. L like you guys, I guess I just wasn't, I, I don't know what I expected. I didn't really know the name. So I just stuck it on and it gets you from the very first listen. It feels like the little album that could. It's just one that you just keep returning to. And yes. another artist that you uh, interviewed on your podcast was Alvaretti, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I've been following Alvaretti uh, for a couple of years and I was delighted to see her finally release Personal History. It's her debut album. Uh, it felt a long time coming. I know some people might have been expecting uh, more of a folk record from her, but I think this one is dripping in guitar. She's a brilliant guitarist. I think she's a brilliant vocalist as well. I love some of the harmonies that she does throughout this album and I like the the songwriting and the concept behind the album as well it's kind of chronicling her 20s the ups and downs uh, along the way the highs and the lows and it kind of reaches a point at the end with self-improvement where it's like yeah I went through all this and I've come out the other side I'm able to smile about it I'm able to uh, reflect on everything that's happened and I survived and things are only going to get better and there is something about this record was uh, produced by Tommy McLaughlin in Donegal's Attica Studios. One of two albums on this list, which we'll talk about the other in a minute, that is on this list. And I, what I love about this and what I think is why it works so well, you know, there's something to be said for an artist arriving, spending a long time coming up um, and working away and honing their sound, playing gigs, getting the experience under their belt and then coming and making an album. This album is very reflective of a certain place in time and Alva experience in her 20s you know informed by the relationship she had coming out and mental health a lot about studying psychotherapy and discovering the in and using those insights gleaned from the time studying psychotherapy to inform the lyrics of the record as well it all it is all told with a kind of honesty as well but which i think is coated in a way in um, the way that she sings these things you're not ever quite sure when you first listen to it, you're not sure that she's actually you know, revealing that much about herself. But the more you listen to it, the more you realize actually she is being uh, quite revealing about herself on this record. Alva has gone from a very folk, acoustic folk background to this much more indie, beefed up kind of uh, indie folk record kind of as well, which really matches, you know, the artistry and the, and the growing stature of her artistry as well, and um, which I think it works really well. So our next album is Una. I want to ask you about the Pillow Queen's album in record in waiting. Yeah, I think this is like <laughs> kind of a mod how this record has just taken off. You know, just to preface with with thinking about like I think I feel way different about like judging or appraising something now than like in the before times because there's kind of a ludicrousness to it in a weird way because all of the art is so good and, you know, getting it out before now or getting it out in this moment is just such a mad thing. But one of the things about how this record landed is that things seem to really coalesce and, you know, we may talk about certain bands, you have to see them live or that kind of thing. That being taken away, which is fucking horrible, obviously, creates a different kind of focus and I think that this album really benefited from that around the time well when it was being released it seemed to just you know take over any kind of culture that was happening in the country you know that week and there was something very 90s about the buzz around it because it was all like just get the album and listen to the album and all the press was like they're all over the papers and you know, everybody's tweeting about it. And it just felt like this moment that maybe people didn't expect, maybe the band themselves didn't even expect was going to crystallize for them. 
and then people sat with the record and then you just you know you're sitting with this kind of you know an, an Irish rock album that's kind of a classic and as well when everybody in that moment you know last year was reflecting on their lives and you know thinking back to childhood and wondering who they are and how they got here you had this album that contains their essence which is this ability to put you in an emotional state in a particular place in a particular time that is kind of ambiguous but is very much like nostalgic for and nostalgic with kind of an ennui for like what has gone before and how that's formed you and you're kind of sitting in their teenage bedrooms you know contemplating something from the future it's like a weird like queer time travel vortex thing then you just have these fucking songs on it like like Liffy and you know Donna Mead is just crazy like I remember listening to that for the first time at their li- at their listening party thing they did on Zoom when there was a big argument about rats in or rats out but uh here here is rats, rats the song yeah well um no just rats the song um, and hearing Donna Mead and this fucking beast of a of a of a sound coming up from the earth and just enveloping you, you know, Pam is such an amazing singer. They're, you know, Sarah as well. They're they're great musicians. There's something about the space they inhabit that is very emotionally profound there is this this album is like there's a lot of gravity there's a lot of weight and I'm it's not surprising to me that you know and seeing people react to it like a lot of like dudes in their 40s 50s and 60s you know as well as all of the like young women and young everyone who who's really into them so it's a it's a fucking it's a it's a big record and you did actually get to see these uh, Pillow Queens live in a different capacity than most people. Yeah, at other voices. Yeah. And it was really weird. You know, it kind of, it made sense in a weird way, like this empty church, you know, and, and the the emptiness, the suburban horizon that this album kind of, you know, hovers over like mist on, you know, the fucking mucky gar pitch beside your gaff, you know, in the estate. You know, it has all these just, textures and in a kind of weirdly then made sense in this like echo of the church and the, and the space that they create you know they're they're just a, they're a really great band and they're the band that you you know having been you know standing outside the lower deck trying to get into their first gig and and know the girls and stuff like you really want a band like this to succeed and to see that happening is is surreal you know, the sub pop publishing deal and being on American TV and shit. It's, it's, I'm so fucking happy for them, but because the art stands up behind that. The thing is about the time that we're living in, all that stuff, there's no, the hype is only, can only be built on something that is real at the moment. Yeah. Because you can't create a buzz on something as, like, oh, you've seen these guys live, whatever, whatever. It's based on experience. People are reacting to what's actually happening with this band, the songs, maybe even a live stream show here and there, maybe, you know, what they're saying, what they're talking about, all these kind of things. That is what's happening. And that is also is, is what is happening with our next choice. Um, Claire, I'm going to come to you now. From Denise Chyla, um, Go yes. Bravely, is the mixtape. 
we could call it she calls it a mixtape it's being called an album now because it's been yes. nominated for the choice but certainly one of those artists of everybody of in irish music and like has made the biggest impact in a pandemic year as you could possibly imagine obviously we've talked about it a lot so i'm not going to go too much into it but give me your thoughts on on go bravely and denise Chyla, please <laughs> so she wow when you, when there's an artist that has this much hype around them and this much buzz sometimes I get a little worried not because of their abilities but it reminds me of that kind of old school enemy thing where they will put someone on a pedestal and then like chop them down um but when this mixtape or album or whatever you want to call it came out it's just it's stunning she is stunning she is so so talented it's one of those um that you just you, you cannot listen to it once I have the same thing that Roisin Pillow Queens and Denise Tyler are the three albums that I haven't listened to once at any time. You have to just put it on again, put it on again, put it on again and get more out of it. Uh, the singles are fabulous. The video that she did with Jafaris for Unshaw is fabulous. Like she is a true, like multifaceted artist. And um, I love that this album really kind of, it kind of hits exactly it, the kind of the right pitch of going, this is what I can do. I can do all of these things. And it kind of gives a flavor of everything about her. And I just, I think it's wonderful. I think she's amazing. Um, I'm devastated for her um, that there's all the kind of despicable uh, carry on um, around her being nominated for this award. Um, I don't know if she saw, you saw that she had to ask Ortiz Choice not to tag her in anything online because just the pylon from just disgusting racist nonsense um so i i feel like i think it's awful that she has this extra dimension of shit that other people on the list don't have to deal with because i would love if she would just be fully basking in her glory and her success um because i think she's well look people are those people are, are threatened by her uh, because she is eloquent and creative and artistic yeah. so that's what they're threatened by I mean, overall, you know, with Denise and this mixtape, I feel like this is just part yeah, one of, of the story. Yeah. Um, it was never intended, probably. I, I haven't asked her about this, but I, I would imagine she's somewhat bemused by the fact that this was nominated for the choice because it was never intended to be a big deal. The whole point about mixtapes is that you can kind of put something out and it not have that consideration of, of the same consideration as mm -hmm. a debut album. You know, this was However, never supposed to be a debut album. Sometimes you're just yep. so talented that people pick up. And anyway, the same yeah. thing happened with For Those I Love, like that he was like, this is just uh, some ideas. It's uh, some, uh, you know, sketches and stuff. And everyone was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, you and know? also like Delhi Daydreams was nominated for a choice as well. I mean, I think that like it goes to show how good Denise is as an artist. That's something that is meant to be like a smorgasbord or an introduction or little postcards that don't necessarily have that album cohesion which is the point you know that's not that's not a a criticism at all it it when something is is you know all these different like different flavors and different things you can do is so good that people actually enjoy the dexterity of the artist <laughs> and that this kind of broader arc uh that you know the traditional album has even though it is there an awful lot doesn't necessarily apply because the thing is just so good really speaks to when you know when I listen to her music or watch some of the phenomenal 
uh, live performances she's done, especially the Other Voices Courage one in the National Gallery. It's so exciting because like you say, Nyler, like part one, like you're just seeing this potential of a fucking star yeah. and a the real deal. And like this mixtape, the lyrics, like her yeah. bars are crazy. Like there is so much going on. And I don't think she gets enough credit in a weird way as a rapper, like as yeah. the craft. Yeah. Like there's just some shit in that that are just classic classic bars and i just you know and they just keep coming you know yeah i've even there was some this week even listened to it i was like oh i didn't cop that uh, yeah last year and i was listening to it again i was like yeah yeah there's a lot to to take in there and and i do feel like you're you're correct she's only really just starting in that way and i think we're going to see a lot more from denise for sure um and i think i actually funny enough you mentioned in other voices and dingle i think that was i remember being in the smoking area in dingle at other voices and denise is quite uh she's not that tall she's she's very small she was standing beside me and she just kind of Niall can I tell you something yeah yeah what's up um I was like you know because the Rosangana family had been down in Dingle and they had performed and she was there but she wasn't on stage at that point and she just turned to me and was like I want to be up there I want to be up there soon I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go up there and so you know this quiet confidence was always there but uh, it's really blossomed in a way I that I can see her yeah, saying that in her like incredibly sweet way. There was an surety there that was like, I know I'm going to do that at some point. I think that's that's what's so astounding about an artist like Denise Tyler. It's like a more humble person you could not meet. Like she is just incredibly self-aware and always striving to do better. And I think that the fact that this is a mixtape and not an album, when it absolutely could have been an album, she could have put this out as, a, as an album and not much would be said differently about it, um, kind of speaks to the idea that she she is just starting like this is this is just the beginning for her and like like Una said like she is she's such a star and like she's we've we've been looking around ourselves for a while in Ireland and wondering where our where our female pop stars are and what while she's not in in the kind of like she's not making like pop pop music I think pop and hip-hop has become so kind of intertwined with each other now that yeah we can absolutely just put all our money on Denise being our being our girl and I think Go Bravely is is stunning. Like the, Denise's music, just ha, I, I I think she's changing music in Ireland, um, and I think she's doing it for the better. And she's just an incredibly brave and wonderful person. Uh, like on top of all of that, and uh, yeah, she's she says things like there's nothing about her music that isn't deliberate. She's not she's not f like accidentally falling onto these bars everything she's doing is down to her talent and her vision and she's so interdisciplinary and intersectional in what she's talking about like she's yeah like yes she's talking about race and yes she's talking about feminism but she's talking about these things at the point at which they intersect she's talking about being Irish she's talking about what that means for her and she's doing it in a way that is accessible to people who aren't like her which she doesn't have to do like even Chyla like to to kindly spell out her name for people to help them like it just it's it, it speaks to this kind of like I, I like regal I, I know she doesn't like to be called a queen but but, but it is this sort of like he's a king yeah and like she's she, she's above 
all of that all all of the shit that gets thrown at her online she is just she is she's going bravely and she's going kindly and i think that that's what's going to see her through an incredibly long and brilliant career and like yeah this is just the beginning for denise like she's she's just a star she makes me so happy (laughs) like she makes me smile even talking about her yeah she was a big part of um you know i mean all i've had in the last year in in real terms in terms of the normal things that make me regulate my mental health are is you know music is a big part of that and like her ascendance last year has been a big part of that for me personally just being able to watch her uh, grow in public in that way and take on every stride and take on every challenge and take on every gig in a way that just is her growing in front of us in a way that you know many people can't hold and can't do that in that same way where they're being eloquent being able to appear on the late late and, and hold their own release a song like Chyla and not only it being a great song, but also, you know, actually getting huge amount of radio play for a song like that is, as they would say, you know, they thought it was going to be the intro to the mixtape. It was called Intro. So, you know, it was never supposed to be a, a single track. And what I love as well is that she's completely blown the lads out of the water and they know it and they're fine <laughs> with it. They're just like, yeah, <laughs> they're just stepping back. Yeah, and God, no. Really? Yeah, yeah. They're just like they're stepping back and they're they're letting her do her thing, and they're just sort of pointing at her and going, "Look at this! Look, look at our girl! Isn't she just incredible?" Uh, yeah. What a lovely, lovely crew. Okay, our next album on the list is from Bitch Falcon. It is called Staring at Clocks, uh, the debut album from the Dublin grunge rock trio who've been around for a number of years and had a few lineup changes. Uh, Lizzie Fitzpatrick is the probably the longest serving member I think believe uh, of the band and um, they finally released their album uh, later this uh, last year on Small Pond Records in the UK very much like they describe it as a dream grunge album very much uh, atmospheric guitar a lot rock and roll pedal assisted sounds some big rock percussion and ripping line it's a really good rock record it's very different to the other kind of guitar records on this album it's more about I can't really ascertain lyrically what's happening here in terms of, I can't really hear them or ascertain really, I can't really figure them out, but it is more of a straight up old fashioned rock record um, compared to some of the other things on this list. And I think it's a really solid um, album and it's one that I think was maybe a bit overdue in terms of the band themselves, but also great to see them uh, get it out there and it is often, you know, we've got eight debut albums on this list and it's always interesting when a band reaches that point or an artist reaches that point and see what they think of themselves and what they want to put out there. And, you know, someone else who here on this list who kind of reached that point very quickly is Jay Yellowell. He had his album, 2020 Division. Um, it's been great to see the emergence of the Irish hip hop um, community represented in this shortlist in the last few years. Like I think was Kojak the first album or Irish rap album actually featured on the choice maybe perhaps I think it was and Messiah J of course yeah, yeah well back in the day but uh, I think I feel like and I wouldn't be unfair to say this about Messiah J we didn't have a community the way that we do now around and an artistry around Irish rap and Irish hip hop where before now we really I feel like we really do like last year Jafaris got nominated with Stride and that was a big uh, deal for him so J L O L. actually I will say this this is funny we now have there's just because I'm from Newbridge in Kildare um, <laughs> there's two artists on this list with uh, Newbridge Connections J L O L and Silverbacks a few of the uh, Silverbacks people are from 
Newbridge as well. Are you from Newbridge, Niall? You've never mentioned it before. No, never mentioned it before. Oh, <laughs> I've never look, heard you listen, say anything about always, Newbridge. There's, Old. <laughs> there's always, <laughs> there's always, there's always a Newbridge album on the list somewhere. You know, <laughs> you just have to look out for it. But yeah, okay. So JLOL 2020 Division uh, debut album from the Kildare rapper. Very much kind of came i don't know if it was always planned like this but he uh gained a lot of uh, interest and uh, for being kind of a, a spokesperson of the irish black lives matter protest last year here um, he has irish nigerian and jamaican heritage and the album overall is a really uh produced by chris cabs it is very much like uh, a little bit of an old school kind of hip-hop feel it's kind of got a bit of a like tropical flavor to some of the um productions but very much about uh, a young black Irishman striving for better, whether it's personal, political, social or economic. I feel like uh, he's done himself a great service by releasing this. Um, and again, one of those artists that's probably suffering a little bit from not being able to do it live because I've seen him live and he, he can really do it. And uh, so, but uh, overall, I think a really solid debut album and a nice addition to the choice this year. Mm. What have you got left? Okay, I'm going to move to Andrea for Nilo. Yes. All the leaves are falling. Ah, Nilo. Um, yeah, I, I think All the Leaves Are Falling is, is an incredibly special record. I mean, it, it kind of, it it starts with like an idea, a kind of a catalyst. Um, actually, just to say, I think there should be more vo- voice notes on albums because that's been something I've been like really enjoying, like a recent trend of people having voice notes on albums. And I think Nilo does it with like a real artistry. Like they're, they're kind of like short poems that are, off the cuff and yeah he's kind of like in introducing the themes of the record at the beginning he's kind of saying like about him walking around a housing estate with a friend and they just realize that they're just talking about the most mundane and the most kind of boring things and that there's there's a kind of cyclic repetitiveness repetitiveness to their lives where where they're at so he decides to emigrate to Vancouver and I think when when it kind of spans off from there and and looks at his time away and how things are still kind of changing at home in Ireland socially and personally for him he's he's just touching on so much of what it is to be like a certain age as an Irish person to feel so let down by your government to feel like you've been doing everything right and yet you've been wronged um just kind of living in or adjacent to poverty the desire to just get out uh, I, I think he captures all of these things so beautifully and so succinctly when they're in these kind of like off the cuff kind of ways and he's I think there's very few people that can kind of make that sort of stuff sound so beautiful um, and and he does it like he's he's just uh I, I think he's pretty singular, actually. He's he, he's sort of somewhere in between hip hop and kind of spoken word, but he's also very funny, and he's he's funny in how fed up he is. And he's when, when you're listening to this record, you can kind of imagine, you can remember even conversations that you've been having with your friends at four in the morning about how fucked up everything is and how bored you are of life in Ireland and how tired you are with the boot on your face all the time. And yet he just has this kind of sense of hope throughout that it's things like friends and music and collaboration and art 
that is uh that is the savior really yeah i think i think it's a really be- beautiful album and i mean again like like denise um he's got some lines on it that are just just stunning mm. and and they they really stay with you yeah. it's really atmospheric yeah. as well i love it too uh, yeah I, I love this record um who would have thought just i love what you're saying there about the intro andrea like who would have thought like it takes it takes real talent to make talking about tubs of grease something that like sticks with you and you want to come back and i just I love grease. that kind of voice note <laughs> thing it, and it also makes me think because we all have like so many friends that are away like i have friends that have maybe be away touring or that moved away and we leave each other these long voice notes and that's exactly the kind of thing you'd put on a 4am voice note to one of your mates mm. um i just i love this i think he's he's very yeah. special artist i think he's so talented i think molly sterling sounds amazing on the record um i think yeah, it's and, and again, it's another. I actually, I took this. Uh, it's it's in my choice Hall of Fame. Here it is. Um, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holding up her records, holding up my records one by one. Um, yeah, it's a lovely one to just um, take yourself off on a walk with, put it in the headphones, and just really, really listen. And you kind of get yeah. something different from it every time. Um, I think I think he's wonderful. Also, Big the fan. music is amazing. Like the arrangement, yeah, is amazing. Yeah, lovely jazzy kind of R&B hip hop stuff going on there. And especially I thought actually a fine example of when singing live really lifts it is when they played out of the voices and full band. Everybody, everybody was on Garrett, that stage. Yuli, yeah, <laughs> he brought half of Dublin with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it still made it socially distant. So I just thought was really impressive. And it just really lifted those songs in a way. And I was like, it was Nilo's gig in the Workman's mm-hmm. was one of the few that I actually had a ticket for in the between time when we were supposed to be able to do socially distant gigs and it never happened in the end. I think it's been moved, obviously, yet again mm-hmm. um, to like sometime next year or something. Who knows? But anyway, um, yeah. And actually, sorry, I've, I forgot to mention what, what I think on, on my first listen, what, what for me kind of took this from being like a very good album to a great album was I, I think it's in the last song or it's the last voice note. He sort of breaks through the fourth wall of his own album and he starts talking about how he named the album and how <laughs> he, how he had this song, um, All the Leaves Are Falling. And he says something like, oh, I, I, I wrote that song a year ago and I didn't even realize that that was the theme of the record until the end. But we're here having not actually finished the record yet. And it's just such a moment of kind of self-reflection from inside the work itself that I found incredibly interesting and I think it kind of shows the the different levels at which he's willing to reflect and that to me just kind of like when that ended I just sat with that thought of kind of this cyclical thing of like staying inside the record forever for ages I couldn't stop thinking about it and then like Claire you know just press and play again and listen to it again and again and yeah and that, that that's that for me is the thing that made it like just transcend even being like a very good record into being great great Okay, um, our final record is another artist who wouldn't be wouldn't mind being calling a queen. It is Roisin Murphy, and the album is Roisin Machine, the fifth solo album, which has roots back to 2011. Ten songs made with producer Crooked Man, aka DJ Parrot. Claire, I'm going to ask you to take this one. How how much time do we have? How long? <laughs> how long can I talk about how much of a, a genius? 
Roisin Murphy is, how lucky we are to have her. Um, this is her fifth album. I think it's her masterpiece. She set out, uh, she said she wanted to make a disco record because she's Roisin Murphy. She can do whatever she wants. So this one, she decided she was going to make a disco record and she specifically wanted it to be that it would play in one continuous go. So you'd put it on and it'd be like kind of being at a live gig or being out at a disco or that kind of thing. And it just flows so perfectly. I, I don't know if she realized um, when she was writing the opening track, talking about this is a simulation, how it would hit so differently in 2020 and 2021 when we were all stuck in this limbo. We got singles in advance and every single one of the singles were incredible. Murphy's Law, Narcissus, Jealousy is like an older one. Incapable is an older one. Like every single one of them on their own stands up as an absolute top tier, just banger. But then the album, when you hear it all together, it just makes perfect sense and you just get lost in it. And oh, I like, I can't, I just, I can't stop listening to it. Mm. I, I love it so much. There was, uh, we, you know, we've kind of been all sitting in our houses and there's been different live gigs and stuff going on. And um, there's two, live streams that I bawled my eyes out. One was when Pillow Queens did the acapella of Liffey um, on CMAT's Christmas gig. And the other was when Roisin Murphy uh, did her her live stream that she did for Mixcloud. Um, I think I got to the second song and I just started bawling. Didn't stop for the rest of it because I think these songs are just so special and so powerful. And even through like my shitty little laptop screen, screen it had the same impact, I think, as if I would have been standing in front of her. I absolutely adore this record. I think it's just pure perfection. Like that fucking uh, live gig. I know there was this stupid tech thing that people were bitching about. It was so amazing. Like it was. It was so powerful. It was just. I could like I couldn't get over it because actually the last um the last kind of night out I had was judging the choice awards last year but the last kind of festival or trip away that I had was Homo Block uh Una, I'm 94% sh- sure that I I'm saw lit- you there literally, literally <laughs> 94% a sure right now. <laughs> um, year to um, year and a half <laughs> Pretty sure we were hanging out, but don't, you know, not a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, that was Homo Block was my my last kind of festival, and it was uh like I, I you might have guessed by now that I'm definitely a Roshi Murphy super fan. Uh love seeing her with her band, but she came on and kind of did uh it was just her and some visuals, and there was no band, but like couldn't tell the difference because it's all about her mm. because she's just so incredible and um yeah. I just I I adore I don't understand why she's not just this main mainstream hugely famous uh, hugely lauded like um she is like a gay icon and all of the queers love her but I will like happily skip into a playlist meeting and work be like I've got the new Roisin Murphy single and to be told once again she's not a mainstream artist pop radio isn't going to want to hear Murphy's Law and I'm like but why it's a banger you don't understand you know but I just uh, oh I, I this is a this is a perfect album for me I absolutely I just I can't I can't say a bad word about it what I think is amazing as well is that even as a, as brilliant as Roisin Murphy is and has been going back to Maloko and everything and I know that she's not um you know super pop star famous you know and what is that genre discrimination misogyny fucking who knows probably a load of things but like the thing is 
like it's so amazing and inspiring and heartening to have somebody who's already so good make their fifth album as you said Claire exactly a masterpiece this yes. is, and and that the artist is still so good that they're still pushing themselves and still getting better and better and you're like fuck you can actually like just no resting on laurels just total artist vision of like doing the work and pursuing good stuff and you know when you keep doing it the success ensues you know and it's not some like this is the first time she's had a massive New York Times profile and all that kind of crack so it's like mm -hmm. yeah. it's I just find this album is amazing it's probably the best album on the list I think like critically as a whole but I think that like I don't know I just find it so inspiring that um an artist like her exists and she's just all about it, all about the work, you know, all about the tunes. Yeah. And she has never once like done something to get a hit or to um, be more successful or had, I, I like, yeah, I, no I can't imagine. No compromise. Oh, never, never. She's always does exactly what she wants to do, exactly what she wants to set out to do. And she's just, she's just incredible. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like she's done those kind of releases where it's like, oh, Italian language, uh, let's do an uh, Italian language uh, EP or whatever, Take Her Off to Monto, you know, a very, a kind of a weird album. And for me personally, I love, like as a DJ as well, I love the fact that you can play Roisin Murphy. And I love that this was mostly that yeah. kind of disco and house rooted music that she's so good at doing because few people have a voice like her and the ability to be able to, put it on any almost any kind of instrumentation and make it sound like that even when last year when she did i think it was some was it was it tommy tune or something like that or some, and she said she yeah, some rt yeah. show last year with the orchestra yeah with the orchestra yeah yeah just like just the balls to do that you know as well and when she like, said to me, you're falling in love with me aren't you and he was absolutely mortified it was <laughs> such good tv <laughs> yes <Mark Lowe>. <laughs> <laughs> okay so we've now discussed all 10 albums so earlier today you know you all sent me your top three albums from this list before we had this chat ourselves looking at the process every year we kind of go oh that'll be in it and, that'll be, and then you're like you're sometimes you're just totally wrong you're totally wrong but that can happen E. Vanessa Francis not being on the choice, I think, shocked a lot of people. Are we doing honorary mentions? Um, <laughs> we're do we're doing honorary mentions. I, 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 I am. Yeah, I'd like to give an honorary mention to E. Vanessa Francis, who made one of the best albums of last year, Ireland or otherwise, um, and didn't make it on the list, which I think was a shame. I can only imagine she was number 11 because um, it wouldn't make sense. Or to otherwise. The, o the other thing that you could say, do you remember, Andrea, last year when we were in the choice room, Tony said, just want to address the elephant in the room before we start. Mango and Matt's on casual work isn't on here. And you know why it's not on here? Because not enough of you fuckers voted for it. So there is that, but it is. Uh, yeah. It was on my list just to say, but um, I think there is, it, it's the Same. thing about the choices that sometimes if you're, if you're on, I've, I've done it twice. And if you're on the judging panel and you try to be tactical and you go, ah, everyone's going to vote for that. I'll put in my, you know, little favorite pet album instead. Yeah. And that's how albums get left off. So maybe that's what happened with the Vanessa Francis because it was a wonderful album. Or maybe, you know, people just slapped on it. I'm not sure. But I think, yeah, number 11, definitely. Mm. Yeah. And 
And as well, like it, a, a lot of people might have had it as their number eight or yeah. nine. And like it, it does, for, for, in my experience anyway, it was weighted. So uh, if, if you have it too far down. Well, this just, is the problem that's, with. That's the way it goes, unfortunately. Or prizes that are picked by a collection of people. You know, some stuff is always going to uh, come into the middle and that'll be on the list. And then some, some more outlier stuff won't feature. And that's just the way it is in terms of the process. Like the likes of Lethal Dialect aren't on it maybe also what else is not a dog person from King Cabinet as well for example no, and there's the always L- going to be something I think the, the LD record should be on the list yeah yeah it's a brilliant album brilliant album mm-hmm. but look we are going to just focus now our attention on three albums and uh, those three albums unless anybody wants to change their decisions right now are we have three albums they are Roisin Murphy Pillow Queens and Neve Regan. Those are the three albums based on our discussions and our choices that we've settled on for this final part of the discussion. So we're going to pick a winner of one of these three. So as we just talked about Roisin Murphy, maybe we'll start with Neve Regan. You heard from myself and Andrea, maybe it's no surprise that this album is here because we rated it so highly. What about you guys, Owen? Do you have um, other thoughts on, on the Neve Regan record? I know we talked about it a bit earlier on, but what about... Uh, I I I, just, I think she's a brilliant songwriter. Um, I I really like this album. Um, it it's like um you were saying earlier. It's just a really like nice listen, like relaxing listen. Uh, maybe that might be a problem for it in the judging room. It doesn't. Maybe it doesn't evoke as strong uh, opinion. But I just feel that it's an album that I find myself going back to again and again and again, just because. I, th- I think she's a great songwriter. I just love the arrangements on the album and just the the nice aspect to it. I, th- I think it's a, a great album. Delighted to see that it's in our final three, at least whether or not it's going to be in the the running um, when there's 10 or 11 judges talking about it. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, 11 in total so that there isn't a, a deadlock <laughs> is the vibe there. So that'll be the judging panel's choice. Okay, Claire, you, you obviously are a fan of the Knee Reagan record seeing as you own a copy of it, I know. <laughs> yeah, I love this record. It is absolutely beautiful. Uh, forever grateful to yourself and Andrea for the intro. Uh, we'll owe you uh, many points uh, when we're allowed to do that. But yeah, it's beautiful and it's a real take a little time for yourself kind of records. You know, you kind of say, I'm going to pour myself a glass of wine or I'm going to go for a nice walk or whatever it is. And I'm going to really, really listen to this and enjoy it and just appreciate her beautiful voice, her songwriting, um, the arrangements. Um, I love even the, the order that the tracks are put in. Everything just feels so considered and so special. And yeah, I think it's a wonderful record. So out of these three, everyone picked the Pillow Queens album here. Um, in their top three okay so that's that's we all love it we all like it um <laughs> that's not to say we don't love the Roshi Murphy album uh that is an album that I uh, adore in a different way but I I do feel like you're asking the question what is what is the choice representing what is the choice bringing is it like simply when you're in the room you're like oh well it's supposed to be the best record of the year what does that mean yeah well you see I don't I think you have to keep it at the record and this is why awards and judging things is so bananas because how can you 
I don't know, I'm like just get, you know, being very existential <laughs> about the concept of judging art. <laughs> but like, how can you say one is better than the other? Like you absolutely can't. And if you start imposing narratives on it, like, well, Pillow Queen's record ultimately represents a generational shift in Irish music that's birthing a part of our revolution of culture and it's bringing bands back and you know maybe they can go on tour with kings of leon or so you know like obviously i fucking love this band but you can't impose narratives around it Be like the art will speak to the context so i i would shy away from saying from context i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm completely no i think wrong. you're right maybe there should be a context no i think i mean la last year claire, claire remember the first thing that we all did when we sat in the room last year form alliances uh jim went <laughs> <laughs> well that that happened before at the little buffet <laughs> um, no, the first thing we did was amazing uh, oh yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the band name it's definitely a post-rock band <laughs> 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 but we um we were all asked to kind of because there's no there's no like we, we like there's five four slash five of us here are like either mu music critics or music appreciators and there's no one way to critique something if there was like you'd be able to you know go to college and learn how to be a music critic and then you'd be a music critic and you'd be really successful. Like there's no one way to do it. So we were kind of asked like, how do you approach it in terms of your own criticism? Like, what are you looking for from this album? Are you looking for an album? But, but because it's just best album and best album can mean 10 different things to 10 different people. It can mean what does it represent? Like, how is it representing Ireland right now? How is it representing social change? How is it representing all of those things that, that Una mentioned? And I think that that's that's what's I, in a way so fun about the room. And I think that's what's so nice about having so many judges in a room. Like there's only five of us here, 11 voices, but 11 different ways of approaching criticism is mm. a really kind of fun way to get into things. I, I still don't really know the answer. Like for me personally, I don't know if I'm looking for the record that uh, that most represents Ireland or any of those things. I think I'm just sort of looking for the record that made me feel the most. Mm. Um, and that's that's like for for me this year in in this context, that's my like little prerogative, my little hill to die on. I don't have to be the world's most objective critic right now because I'm not mm -hmm. judging the choice. <laughs> yeah, I think you're, I <laughs> I'm just think doing you're... a fun podcast. So I'm just doing the thing where what no, made me feel, no, Andrea, you know. This is deadly serious. <laughs> Our entire lives are staked on this moment. No, I think you're right. I think going back to that thing of like what moved you the most and what resonates the most is probably the best. It is the best, but it's also mm. the worst because Andrea and Una are exactly right in everything that they said. But the problem is, my friends, that we have here, show and tell, two perfect <laughs> albums. If you wanna if you wanna talk about yeah. the the importance of the artists, sure. Pillow Queen, uh, they're breaking down barriers, queer representation, women in music representation, all of these things. Um you can talk about Roisin Murphy. She is so important as an artist for so many reasons, but she breaks down the uh, barriers of different disciplines of what you can and cannot do of being put into boxes of just smashing those boxes. But at the end of the day, if you want to talk about just the records, we have two sublime, perfect 
albums. I cannot fault either of these. I'm so glad that I'm not in that room for real because I can't pick between both. I adore both of these records. Oh, but Claire, you're in I, this room. Well, and I okay, you're in this room. And we are in personal experience. <laughs> can you pick one of those records that you would go, yes, this is the one I, I want to win? This is my problem. This is, is I don't do? think, I don't think I can. Um, like, we can't there, give you a half vote on each of them. But like, why not? We're not in the real room. Why can't okay, we, we just can. declare let's, a let's joint do that winner? Then. Let's do <laughs> that. You can half um, reach. They're honestly, like, if, joint winners. I, and if, I've tried, I've tried to, you know, be nitpicky and try and pick things and I can't pick at either of these records they're perfect look at Pillow Queens like look at this Holy Show Child of Prague Handsome Wife How Do I Look Liffy Dry Your Tears Flip It Over You've Got A Dog's Life Gay Girls Harvey Brothers Finishes <laughs> With Fucking Donna Mead Oh My God and then Roisin Murphy you get transported mm. into this parallel cosmic universe where everything is amazing. It doesn't matter that you're in a simulation because you're having such a wonderful time and the music's fucking phenomenal <laughs> and you can be who you want to be. How can I, these are, they're both my children and I can't pick one. Okay. <laughs> Imagine if this was the first year that there was actually through some mad twist of fate, a joint they had they, 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 Pillow they, Murphy. Pillow Murphy. <laughs> they both did. Pillow Murphy. Okay, well, like, so then uh, we're definitely, Neve uh, Regan is not in our final list here, then we're saying. It's a great record. Well, I mean, yeah. great record. But look, I'd, I'd like to fight the corner for Neve a little bit here. I think, like, well, I think it was Owen who made a really good point there that, um, that album might get a bit overlooked because it's an album that you kind of only you'd listen to it in fewer contexts and scenarios than you would Roshi Murphy. Roshi Murphy you can throw on if you're sad, you can throw it on if you're happy. No matter what the situation is, it kind of calls for that Roshi Murphy record and maybe that makes it a better album. But maybe at the same time like Neve's album is, is so good at what it sets out to do do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, the others are as well. But just to fight Neve's corner a little bit, <laughs> um, I, th- I think it's an incredibly like, l- like I said earlier, like it's it, it's a poetic album that takes its time and it it allows you to kind of sit in music and kind of sit deeply in it for a while. And there's no kind of bells and whistles. There's no distractions. It's just good, straightforward, honest to God songwriting. Um, and it's a debut record. Like I, I didn't know Neve Regan before I heard it, and like my first listen through it, I felt like, oh, this is an artist that I that I think could stay with me forever, sort of thing. So that's my my two cents on Neve, just to throw that in there. While I also agree with absolutely everything you said about the Luna, other two can albums. Can you pick one over the other? Because I think you're you said you're a big fan of both. Can you find fault with either if you want to be super super picky? I don't think I could find fault again it's kind of like going you know here's an Eileen here's an Eileen Gray chair here's a Sally Rooney novel and here's a Judy Chicago (laughs) painting which is the best art yeah so I mean I love how this has just become a deconstruction of the of award giving in in, (laughs) I'm gonna instead of anything else Una, could you could you assign uh, these three records to which of those three things it would be? <laughs> Pillow Queens. I think I, I'd really Pillow appreciate Queens that. Is the Judy Chicago painting. The uh, Neve okay. is the Eileen uh, Gray chair, and uh, what's the other one? Roisin Murphy is the Sally Rooney novel. Fuck is no, that's a Sally Rooney novel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we have two choices here. We have two choices. 
And those yep. two choices are Pillow Murphy or Roisin Queens. I think we need to declare a joint winner. <laughs> We can well, do what we want. We're not official wait, judges. Owen, Owen's going to come and wreck the gaff. Yes, now. come on now. <laughs> okay. Owen's going to come in and, and make the case for silverbacks. Okay. Uh, you you are okay. I'll try. I'll I'll throw something into into it. So, I think Roshi Machine is maybe a little long. There's a couple of tracks that uh, kind of don't stand out as much as the singles, and maybe the single singles stand out so much because they've been around for a couple of years. I always wonder if that's a factor in an album like, you know, like a track is like four or five years old and um, it, maybe it doesn't hit as much uh, in the time. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. For me, like that was something that I was initially very, a little bit disappointed by when the album was coming. And then I found out, oh, it's Simulation from that came out in 2011. Like that's years old. And, you know, it is kind of, it does feel a bit more like a compilation of stuff that she did together with DJ Parrot as opposed to a album that was conceived all together and represents this one thing. What it does represent is Roisin Murphy being uh, a brilliant artist and making great um, dance music. And that's what I love about her. And that's what I'll always love about her. Um, for me, I would have to say, if I had to pick, it would be uh, one, Pillow Queens, two, Roshi Murphy, and three, Neve Regan, because just the Pillow Queens album is the one um, that, I think it's really hard not to insert narratives into it. It's really hard not to think about those things. Like when I, we had Pillow Queens play a gig um, at the All Ages gig that we did for Music Town a couple of years ago, and all, all of these gay girls showed up, and it, gay teenagers, and it was just so brilliant to see that. And like, you, I can't help but think about those kind of things when I listen to Pillow Queen because it means more than the music and that's why it's so hard to not to insert a narrative or bring the external into the album because that's the great thing about an album it's not just as much as we try and just place it what it is about the record that we love it's what we love about the record is actually what we love externally about it, what what it brings into us, what it reflects back on us, what it all, all those kind of things. Right now, Rosie Murphy's album is reflecting on me because we can't dance in a club. We can't go and do those things. So her, her live stream gig last year was such a release for me because it was like, this is amazing. So many people are watching this. She's like, her artistry is never in question, but she also always steps up and does that in a really fascinating and interesting and unique way that is totally herself. And then we've got Neve Regan's album, which is very much like it was brand new thing for me. It was I seen her play an acoustic guitar at like 12 o'clock on Body and Soul stage five years ago, six years ago, maybe at Electro Picnic. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice song. There's some really nice songs there. But again, the step up into an album encapsulates something so much more that speaks to the human experience about losing a parent and becoming a, a mother and reflecting on your past relationships so there's just different prisms the different depths to all of these things there's different things being represented here that's why it's so for me that's why it can be so hard to figure out what one you're picking over the other so that's what i'm saying all of these records all 10 of these records have huge recommendations to be given to them because of this and so what we're just trying to do is just ascertain okay, what do we all agree on is probably going to win this. So, I, I think for me that the struggle between Roisin Murphy and Pillow Queens is kind of, and this is going to sound really wankery, so just bear with me. Um, but it's kind of the struggle of 2020, right? Like it's it, like with Roisin Murphy, 
it's the simulation it's the kind of the the space that you're going to kind of digitally and online and even inside your own head to escape it's pure gorgeous escapism and I think there's been a lot of that in 2020. And then with Pillow Queens, it's it's a nostalgia for a time that you kind of didn't realize at the time you were going to miss, even though it was hard and even though you were struggling through it, which is kind of, you know, day not to, uh, you know, the 16th of March 2020. Like you didn't think that you'd you'd miss standing in a pissy venue like queuing up for an hour and a half for the toilet but you do and I mean as as Una like very beautifully put it, it's it's a nostalgia for the kind of the, the the hardship of growing up but also looking kind of from from a place where you can appreciate the beauty you can appreciate the kind of the mist over the GAA pitch and and how kind of and how those kind of spaces and those kind of times form you and so I think it's so hard, in, especially this year, if you are to look at it through a lens of which album represents the year the most. The three of these, I think, all do in, in, in different ways. And it's so hard to kind of decide which one, I guess, is more important to you or I guess moved you more like is where you more moved this year by escapism or were you more moved this year by nostalgia or were you more moved this year by still moments of reflection and it's it's that kind of battle that I'm having now at the I moment think, like, between the three you know, of them you know? I was talking before about like remove it or just judging on the art like that is an exercise as well and it goes without saying that you can think mm. that you're doing that or strive to do that but you never fucking are and ultimately you shouldn't mm. be if you're engaging with you know the the piece of art is like telling you something about life and the human experience. And, and when it comes down to that, you know, do we want to be present and feel everything or do we want to escape? And I think on that basis, the Pillow Queens record should teach us an awful lot about who we are and where we, what we need to remember, where we need to go. So it's a more human record and that's what we need to learn more. I've been doing a lot of escapism in terms of music the last year though, at the same time, you know, and that's also has a valid, I mean, it's just such a weird time that, you know, those, some people go down one path for a while, maybe, and some people go down another. And, you know, there was a time where earlier last year, after the, a lot of these albums came out, like well, I just wasn't able for a lot of the kind of introspective stuff. But it was only, say, only in me, mm. Regan's artistry and her creativity that brought me in back into that space. Um, Roshi Murphy, I was already there. And Pillow Queen, similarly, I was taken into their world. And I think that's why I would pick them just in terms of uh, number one, because it is the one that I think I get the most from when I go back to it all the time, other than pure like what I get from Roshi Murphy is body music and escapism and that's totally valid and it's and not pleasure pleasure so yeah pleasure. and it's not bit yeah. it's not it there's uh, what I do hate about discourse around music as well is like that gets pushed to the side sometimes as if it's not as important as real human emotion like and you know Una, like I know I heard you talk about this in the last mm. year like what we are missing right now is those kind of experiences and we need those experiences mm -hmm. and we have to get them somewhere in order to well I do anyway I certainly have to feel like my mental health needs to be yeah. topped up in some way by those kind of experiences and music is where I get them from mm. but I do think there's yeah that's why it can be feel so tough to do that because um yeah 
um, it is a tough thing. Yeah, I think with Roisin Murphy, like the the word escapism kind of, mm-hmm. it's become nearly a bit of a dirty word. It's it's kind of a word that's associated with like not dealing with mm. your problems or like just switching off from like the news or the, the things in life that you kind of should as a socially conscious person like be aware of. But so I think it... it I, in terms of escapism, like Ro- Roisin Murphy, it's not as if the album isn't aware of yeah, its, its context. It's not as if, yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's kind of it's not it, it it's not that it's saying okay, completely step out of your own life. It's kind of asking you to look inward and be imaginative and use your imagination and kind of realize that that is as much a part of the human experience as struggle. Yeah. Uh, that 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 pleasure is is as important as like pain yeah exactly it's basically therapy we can't go to therapy and i'm so sick of getting back to nilo i'm so sick of talking about tubs of grease and i need to just <laughs> <Come> on, <Nilo. laughs> my life is yeah. so boring right now and when i find myself like mm. desperately <laughs> trying to reach for some little bit of news to tell my nana on the phone who i haven't seen in months yeah. she's like do you have any news for me i'm like oh i'm sorry i really don't i'm so sorry this is what you need like to just be to let your imagination run wild and to play and to dance and it's just so cathartic to listen to her music and just be transported off somewhere else and you just feel the better for it having listened to that album but you also feel the better for having listened to In Waiting just for a different kind of reason which is why we need a joint winner this year well I think what we'll do I'm, I'm gonna ask for a show of hands then just to just to round it up um, that's you oh so it could still be anonymous oh, no. actually we could all see it but the, lis- the listeners won't know True. who voted for I what think, yeah did. let's do that oh, that's a vibe I'm into that idea okay so i'm gonna uh, ask for hands for neve regan gonna ask for hands for roisin murphy and uh, hands for pillow queens okay so (laughs) (laughs) there was a little bit of cheating and somebody voted twice (laughs) that's all right we knew that was gonna happen (laughs) okay so our our Irish album of 2020, as predicted, is if we did the cho- if this was the Choice Music Prize uh, judging panel, it is Pillow Queens, Ooh, Pillow Queens within waiting. Well done. Okay. Up the but the real winner is all the music that we listen to along the way. And the friend. I'm equal parts thrilled and sad for Roisin, but. Also but you made some com- we made some compelling arguments for, and I think that in- that is interesting. That whole. Um, dichotomy between you know real art and uh, transportive art is that's an interesting space that's an interesting space to occupy and talk about and I want to thank you all for joining me and Andrea on this podcast and I appreciate it Andrea Owen and Claire thank you so much for that and for for all your thoughts and experiences and bringing and Una we should probably thank you and Una as well did I say Una there sorry (laughs) I just think we need to like dismantle any kind of judging or or any appraisal that doesn't reward everyone. Hold on, I have Jim Carl yeah. coming in now to, to, to talk. <laughs> Jim Carl's going to be in all of our DMs and we're going to redirect them to Nile. <laughs> it doesn't make sense anymore, Jim. Shut it down. Shut it down. And look, if, if there are any like future or if there are any judges from this year listening to this now, they shouldn't be. Any advice for them? Yeah, no, they shouldn't be. But and anyone have any, any advice going in the room? Be yourself, <laughs> represent yourself. Be yourself and 
and, and particularly if it's your first year, uh, know that you are walking into a room full of people that are equally as passionate about music as you are. That's the two times that I did it. That was one thing that I felt so, it was just so refreshing and so lovely. Everybody cares as much as you do in your day to day life. You're the weirdo who talks too much about tunes and everyone <laughs> rolls their eyes, but everyone in there is just like you. Yeah. And they're going to treat all of the albums on the list with the respect that they deserve. And you're going to have a really, really lovely time and just enjoy every second of it. Yeah. The answer was inside you all along. <laughs> that is my advice. Go in peace. <laughs> Owen, do you have anything? Um, no, just fight your corner, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Just damn, damn the rest of them. Fuck it, damn the fuck rest it of up. Them. Yeah. Fuck it up, Owen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Them. I would say maybe start with beer and then move on to wine. <laughs> Would be my Make advice. sure you're very Don't start with wine. Yeah. That's, that's good advice to all, all judges of all art competitions, including yes. the. Uh... What is this prize like? What is it? Like, how do we get away with doing this every year? Well, look, I appreciate your chat, and this is really just an excuse to talk about music that we love and music that needs to be uh, lifted up a bit more in terms of the discourse around Irish music. So, uh, thank you, Una, Owen. Claire and Andrea for your uh, participation and best luck to actually the real uh, shortlist this week and um, we hope uh, that everybody has a good experience out of it whatever that is and I hope you're all tuning in on Thursday March 4th to to hear who's going to be the ultimate winner on the Choice Music Prize this year. Uh, Everybody plug plug your things What, what are you doing? Owen, 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 you you have a podcast. Okay, well, if people want to hear um, a couple of interviews with some of the nominated acts last week, I talked to uh, Bitch Falcon and J-Yellow-L. So they're both up uh, if you just search for The Point of Everything wherever you get your podcasts. Um, please listen to my radio show and please tell all of your friends to listen to it. Uh, it's called Claire Beck's Saturday Sound System. It's on Today FM every Saturday night between 9pm and midnight. And if you are into your tunes, which I'm sure you are, if you're listening to this podcast, please come and join me. Una, tell us about your podcast in case anyone hasn't heard it yet. Um, podcast uh, <laughs> called United <laughs> Ireland. I co-host it with Andrea Horan and we talk about politics and current affairs and it's it's like about unity and discourse but kind of a backstage under the hood vibe we also have a companion series called 32 questions where we do interviews with politicians the latest one is with holly Carnes, and we have a other companion series lots of companions called byline where we interview really fucking great journalists about their work so that's that i can't think of anything else that i'm doing that's, right. basically that's it. enough that's um, all you need yeah, okay andrea anything you want to add <laughs> Uh, I have a newsletter, andreacleary.substack.com. I write a personal essay and I make a playlist to go alongside it. And you can read me in like the business post and journal music and stuff. Great. Okay. Thanks as everybody. Well. Yeah. As ever, patreon.com forward slash 909 for supporting us directly if you'd like to do that. Thank you everybody and congratulations to Pillow Queens for um, what may happen but also congratulations to all the other nine artists and who are shortlisted so mm-hmm. thanks everybody we're out of here bye 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 thanks guys yay just start to show it cement your feet and take the job they say go
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 